Tanya Sales Pastor Tanyola, affectionately known as Pastor Tan. It has been a lot going on in my household as well as everywhere else. But I feel as though God still keeps ringing and saying it in my ear. So here we go. And I just was like, man, I mean, God, you know, but he keeps telling me we perish for the lack of knowledge. We as his people perish for the lack of knowledge. And I was like, okay, but then the example, and I am 47 years old. I don't mind telling my age, but it was like, as soon as and I'm in a class and I love being in this class to some degree, because I start realizing, I start seeing some things that I didn't even know. But for instance, I was sitting here and I was reading some of the articles that my classmates were able to find. And one particular article really stood out to me. And um, well, two, but the one that I didn't know was that we have now a new uh, custodian over the Congress librarians. And it's the founding fathers uh, from Thomas Jefferson, the because during that time period, you know, that the White House, which we know as today, the documents were burned and, you know, it was sacked and everything else by the British. And I knew that, but it was the ironic that the documents that, you know, were supposed to be from our beginnings for the United States were not, um, you know, were were pretty much burned, uh, you know, on recognition. You weren't able to take care of those things. And so it was burned. But Thomas Jefferson gave us those documents because he recorded everything now, gave the documents to the Congress. And it's in the Library of Congress. And I thought that was just so awesome. Because also it mirrors things that are in the Bible. And I liked how the law, the Mosaic law, which was Moses was given um, to the people gotten lost. But when it was found through King Josiah and his people, he sat there and he read it and he, you know, he, he first, he, he pretty much, you know, ripped his clothes and put sackcloth on it because he was so sorry that he didn't understand and didn't know what was going on and why these were so gone or misplaced because they were very important to the people of Israel. And my response to, you know, my classmate, and I and I was like, man, it, it echoes so much is that since these are the documents, they should not have published who is over it. You know, um, they should have kept someone else that is not in the public eye hidden so that if something happens to those documents again, they can be able to store them away or in a secret place where nobody knows except that person or, you know, um, some other person um, so that it can be safe because that was the only last documents for us as United States citizens and, you know, the nation. And I was like, man, 
if all of that knowledge of how we were able to be founded um, got diluted and the enemy got, you know, into it, we wouldn't even know our our history. We wouldn't know how the United States came to be. So it mirrored to me how we should know where we began and how we should be able to function as a nation in order for us to proceed from hence on. Now, I love how God had that, you know, article placed right there for when I was listening and and thinking about what he said to be, you know, in my peripheral vision. I mean, just in my view. And then the second article, which I did know about um, because of things going on in the media was talking about the, the sunstorms and the, you know, the sunspots and how it can affect, you know, so many different, you know, um, electrical, uh, grid lines, what have you. And I was like, yes, this is things that are going on, but it isn't strange in the word of God. You have to realize that God placed these things already in, you know, he's already known what was going to happen with us. Amen. It's just that it's just now getting to certain people. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You're just realizing what God already knew what was going to happen. Amen. So with that being said, and I, I, I know that, you know, the curator now is a woman and, you know, it used to be in a line of men that used to do this, but it wasn't, you know, it's not about who takes care of, of, you know, the documents, but it's about the character of the person, because if you don't have the character, you know, and having that type of understanding with what you're holding and how valuable this documents these written words were how could you be able to govern them how could you be able to sit there and you know make sure that they are preserved and taken care of so what i'm saying and then i mean fat and then god had my mind to go back to when i was still growing up and i was growing up in germany and i was excited i mean we went to different places in germany that made you think, made you ponder, made you think about how human society is and also how we treat each other. But what really like expounded to me, like full heartedly, you know, were two events. But the first event I went to was when we went to the Johann Gutenberg um, and I saw the first Bible being printed and it's in Mainz. And it was the fact that this word of God was so big and so huge as opposed to what I am used to seeing every day and the lettering. And, you know, you have the Greek and you have the, the Hebrew and, and the Aramaic and all these different, you know, uh, languages in one Bible and see how they were able to print it and um, be able to make sure that the copies were right. And, you know, just how meticulous they were, it just made it even more 
how we as a people should understand and know we have valuables. It's not gold or jewelry, but this Bible is so valuable to our lifestyle. It's how we're able to govern ourselves, how we're able to understand. And that's why I had so many lessons. I still will be doing those lessons uh, later on. What not to do and you know what to do, but also that we're not the lesson. And I was like, man, this is so much of what God was just telling me. And I wanted to kind of just give you I from what I perceived and from what God was downloading, just, just, you know, transcribing to me how it's important to know knowledge and have that wisdom and having godly wisdom. Because sometimes in this time, because we're in the, the end times, we're we're living where wars are coming up and you're starting to see a whole lot, you know, Israel with Hamas and you're starting to see a whole lot of, you know, natural disasters that people can't even explain that is going on. You're starting to see a whole lot of, you know, chaos and, and, you know, you're starting to see the breakdown of the family and, you know, people sitting there and, you know, being destructive towards each other. Children being disobedient to mother, father, father and mother are being, you know, destroying children. And then you have just the mindsets are so totally just dysfunctional. And now so many times, and I've heard this so many times and I had to put it out on my um, Facebook is that we as a nation, we should not, it, it, our sin shouldn't be our identity because if it is, then why did God come down on the cross for us? Y'all don't hear me though. Why did he sit there and, you know, let him and God had his son to come down 42 generations just to be able to give us a relationship with him, just to be able to hear from him, just to be able to have that relationship where we didn't need a sacrificial purse, a uh, lamb, but he became the sacrificial lamb, the ultimate one. We didn't need a priest because he became our high priest. And in essence, then after the veil was torn, we were able to go into the Holy of Holies in our home, in our car, wherever we're at, in order for us to know who God is. That part. And see, so many people are like, well, you're starting to see this coming up. You're starting to see that coming up, but you need to know and spend time with God and start really focusing and analyzing what God is saying to, to you, to the church, because you are the church. It's not just a building. You're the people. You're the individual that make up who God is. And every time I think about the church, it is Peter when it says, you know, God said, I will, you know, on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And do you understand that Peter is in St. Petersburg and the cathedral? Do you understand that they made his tomb enclosed in a ball and it became the rock of that church. But also it's the foundation of where we're coming from. It's not just the building, but it's the foundation. We're the foundation. How are you building? What builder are you building from? What's the foundation for you? I keep hearing that too from a lot of people. And I, and I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. You know, 
we and I haven't even done the um and we're in the Bible study. I haven't even given you my topic, but it's just the fact that, you know, and the topic is we perish for the lack of knowledge and all of these different things that we're going to go through in life. We're going to perish because some of us honestly did not seek God for the, uh, the answers that we should have. Some of us sat there and became lackadaisical and still want to drink milk instead of going and doing the meat. Let me say that one more time. See, people want to stay in a certain way that they're so, what, how can I say this, in a baby state. Like you don't want to go out of that limit, out of that space that you don't want to be able to know about these certain things. And when you do know about those things, you don't want to address it. And that becomes a baby state. You want to just stay on the milk and you just want to be able to eat and not have any situations, consequences, nothing come about. But that's hard. That's something that we always know. A baby can't stay on milk because it'll rot its teeth. The teeth can't come in so you can be able to grind and and cut your meat. You won't have time to sit there and say, wait a minute, I can only, you know, I only want to do this. I only want to dissolve this. No, you can't, you can't stay in just one little bubble when God sit there and said, look, I'm calling you to be a prophetess. I'm calling you to be a prophet. I'm calling you to the nations. And you cannot just stay in that one little bubble just because of your feelings or how you're doing or what you think. And also at the same exact time, God doesn't want us to stay stagnant. That means also to staying in one area where God is sitting up here and saying, look, I'm starting to do a new thing. I'm starting to see more of what's going on and I need you to be able to come with me. And when Jesus came and he chose the disciples where they were at in their atmosphere, some of them were fish, fishers of men, you know, fishers, they became fishers of men. Some of them were tax collectors like Matthew. They couldn't do that anymore. They, they couldn't stay in the state they were in, especially Saul was persecuting the church. Instead of them honestly sitting there and realizing that God called him for better. That's why he had from Saul to Paul. We can't stay in one state when we're supposed to be doing everything else for God. And in that, in that way of us thinking, we need to be able to expand our territory. We need to be able to grow and mature and start doing what God says do. Not just because of what your flesh is saying, but because of what God needs for you to do. Amen. Now, let's go to Hosea. And I mean, get your paper, pen, pencil if you need it. Get your sword, which is the word of God. And we're going to go to the fourth verse. And we're going to go down from one to six. And I thought this was befitting because when God gave it to me, I was like, well, God, you know, what am I going to talk about? Because I was like, wait a minute, I can approach it like this, approach it like that. But it's the fact that we need to be able to grasp on to the word of God and with your teeth. I mean, I'm talking about like in not the, you know how when you're having to be able to, when your baby starts to cut, we try to give them smaller portions in order for them to help their teeth to grow, how to be able to gnash and grind the food down so they can, you know, be able to uh, take it in, uh, chew it, and it can go down into the body. Amen. 
This is what God is doing. He's giving us a plateau, a platform, if you will, to help us with the smaller bites. So later on, when he gives you bigger bites, you can be able to ascertain it. You can be able to remember it. You can be able to kind of, it'll, your brain will go back to those scriptures. It will remember because you've been sitting up here meditating. You've been able to, you know, sit there and you're able to respond more and, you know, give people answers more and start being able to know how to dig down deep and learn where you've been able to go and grow from there. Amen. But let's go. And it says Hosea and it's in the old Testament fourth chapter first through the sixth verse. Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel for the Lord have a controversy with the inhabitants of the land because there is no truth nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Let me, let me say that one more time. Does that sound familiar? Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. For the Lord have a controversy with the inhabitants of the land, because there is no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. Verse two, by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out and blood touches blood. Ooh, Lord. Let me, let me read that one more time. By swearing, cussing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out. Swearing means cussing, okay? Lying, you're not telling the truth. You would prefer to stay as in a lying state. Killing, killing can be also naturally and spiritually someone stealing, getting, taking an object that is not respond, that is not yours, that does, that does not, that does not belong to you, but then taking it from that person by any means necessary. And it could be an object or an individual and committing adultery. That means going and sleeping with someone's husband or wife knowingly. They break out and blood touches blood. That means they're killing each other on a daily basis. Verse three, therefore shall the, the land mourn and everyone that dwelleth therein shall lash with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven. Oh, Lord. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken away. Let me, let me read that one more time. Therefore shall the land mourn and everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish with the beasts of the field and with the fowls of heaven. Yea, the fishes of the sea also shall be taken. Verse four, yet let no man strive nor reprove another for thine people are as they that strive with the priest. Verse five, therefore shall thou fall in the day and the prophet shall, shall also fall with thee in the night and I will destroy thy mother. Mm. Lord, help me, Jesus. Let me read that one more time. Let me go up to four first. Let no man strive nor reprove another for thy people are as they that strive with the priest. Verse five, therefore shall thou fall in the day and the prophet shall also fall with thee in the night and I will destroy thy mother. Do you understand that we as human beings going up to verse three, the land that 
because of us sitting there and being disobedient to God and not asking for forgiveness, the land mourns. We won't have the beasts of the field. We won't, famine is coming. And then the fowls of heaven. People are doing things with animals they should not be doing. Then also at the same exact time, the fish of the sea shall not always be with us. They shall go away also. And then at the same exact time, because you can't even re- you can't even reprove or, or tell someone else what they're doing because you're doing the same thing. See, the sin you're doing is totally different than the sin that uh, someone else is doing. And that's how bad it got for the children of Israel. Doesn't that sound familiar? What's going on right now? Do you understand that even the priest at that time that's supposed to tell you right from wrong is doing the same thing? And then at the same exact time, he's going to be able to falter. He's going to fall also. And he's not going to be able to go and sit there and give his whole entire time of being able to serve God because they were false. And don't you know, God said from the womb that you have been able to be, excuse me, come from, I am going to kill your own mother. That's got to be heavy. So it becomes so much horrible. It, It becomes so much heinous. To live in that nation because they have rejected God. Let me go to verse 6. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. That thou shalt be no priest to me. Oof, Jesus. Seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Hold. So what you're trying to tell me, pastor, is that because we're not acknowledging God and also having godly wisdom, we're not sitting here and asking for it. We're not sitting up there and seeking it as in Proverbs so that we can be able to know what's going to happen in these end times. We're not able to sit there. So God is going to reject us. And furthermore, we're no longer priests to him. That means that when we go before God, he knows in our hearts, you can speak all you want to out of your lips, but the heart is going to tell everything about you. Oh, that's, oh God, that's deep, but truthful. Do you understand? God is trying to tell you. You reject what I'm telling you. You want to go to church. You want to do all this religious stuff. But you're not doing and talking to me about what's going on with you. And then at the same exact time, you have sin. And then you have hidden sins that you have not addressed. So now since you haven't sat there and obtain the knowledge, I'm going to reject you. And then at the same exact time, because you, you know, it says, seeking thou has forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. That's the next generation. That means that's going to cause havoc. They're, they're not going to know who God is and they're, they're going to sit there and they're going to, they're going to acknowledge Satan as their God instead of God himself. Y'all don't hear me. Oh God. That's their, that's their birthright. When, what are you talking about, Pastor? Remember Esau and Jacob. He 
Esau had his birthright was taken from him because he let the he let food or his stomach go before his whole entire principles. And then Esau went and fooled the father also for everything else. Don't be like Esau. And I was like, man, that, that, that's a good one, God. I mean, that Holy Spirit, you have brought that back to my remembrance. We, we sit there and we don't think that our sins are just going to be for us. No, your children are going to battle it. And then your children's children are going to battle it. Oh, y'all. Mm. Y'all. Oh, that's a, that's a deadly combination. That's, that's, that's something that you cannot even get back. Your, your children and your children's children are going to battle it because you didn't address it. You didn't sit there and tell them, Hey, we need to go and we need to talk to God. We need to be around where God is saying that we need to be. We need to be able to, you know, discuss God. We need to be able to give them a firm foundation of who God is that part. So when he says that I will also forget thy children because you're not sinking the law of God. I'm talking about the one that's in, in heaven. I'm talking about the great I am, the El Shaddai, the Elohim, that one. Y'all, whew, and y'all better have several seats. Man, Pat, no, you, you got to understand. This is some serious stuff he's talking about. Because he's had some plaque. He has proclaimed educated, giving us the Mosaic law, giving us Jesus Christ. And we're not even under the law anymore. So he's given us a savior, but yet and still, you still reject him also. This is going on borderline insanity. That's borderline insanity. When you know who God is, but yet and still, you want to reject him and his son and the spirit. You are wrong. And that is why he said, for the lack of knowledge, we perish. Because you don't want to hear it. You don't, you just want to be on the outskirts and thinking you can ride that fine line. You can be able to be in the world and then be in God. You have to choose. You're starting to see where God is speaking and he's saying, I am separating the wheat from the tares. I'm separating the holiness from the hell. He's separating people on purpose. So you see what's going on. You know who they are. You know when you do business with this person because the discernment is strong. Let me say that one more time. See, there's a difference between holiness and hell. You, you get that discernment that, you know, you are starting to realize, hey, this person is not for me. You, you starting to, to, to veer away from that person because you and that person are not in the same spirit. You're starting to see the fruit of the spirit. You're starting to see what they're talking about and who they are and how they conduct themselves. You're starting to see all of that. And that's what God is trying to tell you because you rejected me. I'm going to reject you. And then at the same exact time, I'm not going to remember your children. That's, that's, that's the, Ooh, Jesus. I do not want God to forget me nor my children. I don't want him to, um, forget me nor my children because if he forgets me, my children are lost. Y'all don't hear me though. That's something profound. Do you understand the gratitude? Let me, let me, okay. Let's, let's just put it in perspective. If you have a tree and I'm talking about the, the roots are you. 
and the tree is your children and the vines come in. You have grandchildren, great grandchildren are coming out of this tree. But if the roots are dying, oh, y'all don't hear me because there was no firm foundation. What is the tree going to do? The tree is going to sit there and it's going to tumble over and it's going to get weak and the branches and the and the leaves are going to fall off because guess what there was no stability in the first place y'all don't hear me though see we have become the root and i love how it it's the it's the one where it says the root out of Jesse that's where david came from that's how he was able a scrawny little boy that didn't seem like much to the prophet at the time really didn't seem much, but God made him the king. See that part. I don't want God to ever forget about me, my family, because my children, they're the next generation. They're the ones that's going to be able to go out to the world just like I've done and do exceedingly abundantly all that and even more in God's kingdom. I don't want him ever to forget them. Because if you start seeing another generation going and you starting to see that even the more, they're going away from God. They're, they're not attending church. They're not even, you know, focusing on Christian values. They have taken prayer out of schools and universities and they kick God out. And you've seen the magnitude what's going on. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. Man, pastor, you know, because it's disturbing, it's perplexing. Do you know as soon as they took prayer out of school, do you see the disrespect? You see the violence. You see the hatred. You're starting to see teachers are getting beat up by the students purely because they're unsatisfied or they haven't done their homework. And then at the same exact time, you see the teachers are disrespectful to the to the students and not teaching them the right way. I'm talking about for both sides. And you're starting to see the elements fall off. And you don't understand if you're starting to see that now and poverty and there's a separation between, you know, poor and the rich. There is no middle ground for middle classes anymore. Let me, oh, y'all don't, y'all don't hear me. See, these are the updated news that God is trying to tell you that's in the word of God. We cannot forget about him because he was the firm foundation from the beginning. And he will still be the firm foundation in the end. And so many people don't realize that we are as his people. We're the sheep of his pastures. We need to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be ye thankful and bless his holy name. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. But see, y'all don't want to hear that. Y'all want to hear this good feel. I'm not here just to, I'm here to guide you into the word, but you got to get into it for yourself. That's why I tell you, go get a pen, get some paper, get your journaling in, highlights, whatever you need to do. Because guess what? This is part of who you are. This is the part where we need to be able to sit there and highlight some stuff. We need to stop and sit there and say, wait a minute, this is important. This is what I need to know because look, if you're on that job, you're going to sit there and you're going to read the guidelines. You're going to uh, read the bylaws that's governing you for you to be at that position. If there is health care 
connected to that job, you want to know about it. If that's got life insurance, that includes you and your children. So if God forbid something happens to you, it goes directly to your spouse and your children. You want to know about it. If it's an IRA, you know, or a Roth account or IRS, something that is able to save money, you want to know about it. So why is it that when we get into the word, we just think it's words? No, it's more of a benefit for us. And and we have assets, we have financial gain in the natural and in the spiritual when we go and we sit there and we give time to God. We don't just sit there and thinking that we're not going to be able to prosper. We're not going to be able to go to the bank. I'm talking about in the natural and then put money into it and thinking that it won't cash out. See, when we go to God and we also read in our word on a, on a, on different levels, do you understand that's money in the bank? For your spiritual man, your spiritual man can be able to eat, sleep, understand, consume it, and then understand what God is trying to tell us in the night. Y'all, oh, y'all don't, oh, thank you, man, spirit, Holy Spirit. What he's saying to me, quite honestly, is that when we get into the word of God, our spiritual man can get fed off of this word. And also at the same exact time, do you understand that every time that we read from the word of God, don't you know that's helping our spiritual man grow? That's helping our finances grow. That's helping our children to grow. That's helping our relationships to grow. That's helping our marriages to grow. Either, even in friendships to grow. And even in our job positions to grow. Because once we don't take God into, into the whole entire account, do you understand? God said, I'm going to forget about you. And also, I'm not going to, I'm not going to even pay attention to you when you go before me and you give your burnt offerings to me. I don't, I'm not going to even worry about it. When you're singing in the choir, I'm not going to even listen. Ooh, y'all don't hear me though. Uh-uh. Mm. Man, pastor, that's deep. No, it is deep because we don't pay attention to what God is telling us. You can hear what God has already said, but you don't want to apply it to your life. Oh God, man, pass it. No, God is telling you specifically what you need to do, but you haven't even addressed the whole entire situation because you so much in your feelings. You so much in what, who said this, and you trying to sit up here and get all big and all this other stuff, and you thinking you could be like this person or that person. You want to get so big in your finances, in your job, and all this other stuff, but you haven't even sat there. And the one that created you, the one sustained you, the one that put you there to maintain that relationship with him, like Daniel did when he was he became under under his tutelage of all these different kings. He still stayed humble. He still stayed hungry with God. He still stayed submissive and merciful and understanding and knowing that he was living under grace and mercy because God placed him there. Y'all don't hear me though. Yeah, no, let me let me calm down. Let me let me calm down. No, see, we get it to a point where we think we it. it. Mm-mm, I ain't it. I ain't never gonna be it. I am never, ever, ever, ever going to get to that point that I'm it. Because guess what? The great I am, El Shaddai Elohim, he's it. The one that had his son to come down, that one, he's it. He is the one that's taking care of us. He is the ultimate 
level of what I need to become. So when I say, you know, that's the person that I need to, it ain't even a person, it's the spirit. I need to become like him. He's the one. He's not just an it, but he is the individual that I need to be able to be. And I need to be able to sit there and say, that's the spirit. And we should worship him in spirit and in truth. It's not an it. It is not a human being. It is God. And God is who he's supposed to be. Oh, y'all don't. <laughs> Woo! Whoa. Mm. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We should get to a point where God has us where we should seriously think about him as being in the assets and not in a liability. Let me say this one more time for the people in the back. Once you become having all the assets we have, all the, all the things that will benefit us, we wouldn't worry about God being a liability because he has been an asset to us all this time. And even when we sit out there and we get liabilities such as sickness, we get children getting sick, we we get to car crashes, we get so many different things that become a liability in our lives. Do you understand? We will call more on the benefits and the assets, which is God, than sitting up here and worrying about the, the disabilities, the, the credits we have. Y'all don't hear me though. Y'all don't hear me. Y'all don't hear me. You wouldn't worry about your bank account if you sit there and think about God and his umpteening wisdom and knowledge. And you will sit there and say, wait a minute. He has a cattle on a thousand hills. He can be able to take care of me. So no matter what my bank account says, I am still abundantly all that he says that I will be and then some. I cannot look at the situation. I have to sit there. And put on the blinders. And I have to sit there and say, you know what? Let me get that tunnel vision again. Let me get that that perspective that God sit there and say, for God I live and for God I die. Even with my children not acting up. Even with my spouse acting up. My finances, my employment opportunities have dried up. Do you understand? That God sits there and tells you that no matter what the situation is, I am still the benefactor that you need. I am still the one that you need to serve. No matter what the enemy says, no matter what's going on, you need to understand you can still take it. And I was understand. I was like, man, let me let me go back. And then God was talking about Caleb. He was of a different mind. And when he sat there and he saw what was going on in the new land with Joshua, do you understand? understand that when he came back to report to Moses, he said, we can still take the land. We can still do what God says do. Do you understand that you still need to have that mindset on today? You need to stop sitting up here and saying, wait a minute, I'm not going to do it the way that I'm thinking I'm supposed to be doing it, but do it the way that God says that you should do it, that you should go out there. I don't care what's going on in your life. I don't care what's going on. I don't care what nobody says to you. Do you understand that you still need to go and say, look, I need to obtain this knowledge. I need to go and do what God says do. I need to go ahead and get this scripture done. I need to go ahead and get this wisdom and everything that I need in this word of God. If I don't know what it is in the Hebrew, let me go look it up in the Hebrew and in the Greek. Let me go ahead and get deep down into God and ask God for the wisdom of Solomon. 
such as Solomon has asked God. That's the first thing he asked God. And God told him, he said, you can have anything that you want. But Solomon said, let me have wisdom, Lord. Wisdom and knowledge is such a great thing right now. So we can know and understand what's going on and not just sit here and go by what we feel and what we know. No, I need to have godly wisdom. I need to have godly understanding. I need to be able to be guided by you and you alone. And no one else can be able to shame me, proclaim me, put me on a pedestal because I'm sitting up here and I'm serving you. There's nobody else that I want to be able to please but with you, God. And I don't care what nobody else says because they don't they don't see what I see. They don't know that God puts me in hidden places. Come on now. He sits you in places on high, but also at the same time, he hides you in his bosom when he's able to come against things. So I'm with the assets. I'm not with the devil. I'm not with the with the disability i have been able to climb and absorb because of who god is let me say that one more time for the people in the back Mm. thank you lord let me calm down see even though my bank account my children my husband my all of this is sitting up there and it's all negative Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I refuse to stay in that state. I refuse to sit there and stay in a state that I cannot see God, that I cannot be able to know who God is. I I refuse. Oh, y'all don't hear me, though. I refuse to stay in a state of stagnation and negativity. I refuse to stay where God is sitting up there and saying, well, no, I see the relationship. I see what they're doing. I see that they're going through so many trials and tribulations, but I refuse to stay in that state and says that God, that you're not going to be able to deliver me. No, I have to choose to be like, I have to choose. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know about you, but I had to choose to be like Caleb. I had to sit there and say that we're still going to conquer the land. We're still going to be what God says do. I cannot sit here and stay stagnant because I'm not sitting up here and worried about all of this. Do you understand that this world it's going to keep going the way that God has told us and has warned us about it. But we have to be sitting here and still saying that God is going to come through because I truly believe that God is going to be able to make the difference. I choose. I choose. I choose to stay in this word. I choose to sit there and sit at his feet and knowing that God will take care of me, I choose. I choose to work while it is still day for the night. And sometimes I'm working at night too, but I choose to stay in this word. I choose to give God the glory and the honor because I don't want to sit here and lackluster in what I think. No, I want to go in and I want to sit there and I want to pick everything apart and know what God tells me to do and know the knowledge and the wisdom that I need to know. I choose. I choose to make sure that every knowledge and wisdom that I know, I will pass that on to my children because I don't want them to go through the same pitfalls that I did. And if they do go through the pitfalls that I did, at least they know run to God first. Don't run to man, run to God first. Y'all don't hear me though. Mm. My God. 
I, I don't know who I'm talking to. It may be just for me. But I'm telling you, I'm choosing on today to get the wisdom and the knowledge that I need. Just like Solomon, just like Caleb, I need to have a mindset. And I have learned that so many times in psychology that even when you have a partner or a spouse, that if they're not helping you to go the distance, that's 50% sometimes you feel is because you it's the people that's surrounding you because you have fallen into that mentality that, oh, that's not good. You're not going to be sustainable. You're going to be, excuse me, you're going to be lackluster. And then at the same exact time, too, you need to be prepared and ready with your family members because some of them ain't right. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Some of them will weigh you down also. So that's why I said knowledge and wisdom when God tells you to know his word and stop being lackluster. Stop sitting here and saying, well, I'm just going to learn this and this only. Do you understand that God calls us to know more so that when we are required of us more, it is required for us to know more of who God is. Amen. And it says knowledge, the sum of what has been perceived or learned, that is truth or information acquired through experience and education. The Bible frequently commands knowledge and wisdom. And we have 1 Samuel 2 and 3, Psalms 14 and 4, also Psalms 119, verse 66, Proverbs 8 and 10, Isaiah 53 and 11. And it also has 1 Corinthians 13 and 12, James 8 and 32. Colossians 1 and 9 and 1 John 5 and 20. Now, where these scriptures modify the high value it places on knowledge by depressing mere human reason. Reason and knowledge are integrated parts of the image of God in which human beings are created. Come on now. Now, I'm going to say, and this is from the Zovan Illustrated Bible Dictionary. Amen. And I wanted to also say this is that knowledge during the time of Adam and Eve, there was a tree of knowledge and it meant good and evil. And we're starting to realize that the more we know, the more is required of us. Amen. And I wouldn't want to stay stagnant with what God has given me. And so many people would put me down because I know so many different things. And I would sit there and I would say, God, is it a bad thing to know these things? And he was sitting there and tell me no, because if I know these things, deception can be not easy for them to, to be able to get over on you. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Once you have that wisdom, that godly wisdom and understanding and knowledge of God, it's going to be hard for Satan to come in and deceive you and manipulate you and also tempt you to sin. Because you're learning his ways and how he comes at you, it's harder for him to come into your home. It's harder for him to sit there and say, you know what, I can't tempt her with this, but you know what, I'm going to see if I can tempt her with something different. Y'all don't hear me though. Y'all don't hear me. 
You're making it hard for the enemy to come in and have a place in your house, a place in your whole entire being, a place to your family, to your education and your employment and your finances and your children. And I thought that it was so much more because we don't sit there and think about these things. And fundamentally, wisdom is the beginning of knowledge. And we need to start realizing that. Amen. Now let's go down to verse seven. And I like how it's it's coming. I don't like how, <laughs> you know, we sometimes we get disciplined by God. We don't like it. I don't like it. But also at the same as that time, it's good for us to be chastised by him. Because we were, I would rather to be chastised now than to be chastised and, and going to hell and not knowing. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. I would rather for someone to come up to me, hey, don't say that. This is not what God told you to be. <clears throat> then for me being in hell, as, <clears throat> excuse me, start seeing that this was going on all along and God didn't point that out to me. That's something wrong with that. God's going to point it out to you in and full blown through the Holy Spirit. He's going to point it out to you of what's going on. Amen. Now, verse seven, as they have increased, so they sin against me. Therefore, I will change their glory into shame. Mm. Woo, my God. Let me read verse seven again. As they have increased, so they sin against me. Therefore, will I change their glory into shame. Verse eight, they eat up the sin of my people and they say, set their heart on their iniquity. Verse nine, and there shall be like people, like priests, and I will punish them for their ways and reward them for their doings. Verse 10, for they shall eat and not have enough. They shall commit whoredom and shall not increase because they have left off to take heed to the Lord. Oh, Jesus. Verse 12. No, verse 11. I'm sorry. Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Whoredom and wine and new wine take away the heart. When you're sitting up here having sex out of marriage and you're doing all these different things that is not of God and you're going after all these different idols, you're drinking to success, drinking to be drunk, that takes away from what you're supposed to be doing. And then verse 12, my people ask counsel at their stocks and their staff declares unto them, for the spirit of whoredoms have caused them to err, and they have gone a whoring from under their God. Y'all don't, ooh, Jesus. Do you understand that because of your temptations, because of your lack of wisdom and knowledge, you have went a whoring. You have went to other gods, start serving them instead of the one true God. And then you sit there and you wonder why you are not prospering in your life. You wonder why your house is chaotic. You wonder why your finances, you wonder why. 
Why? I, I go to I, I I go to church on Sunday, but then Monday I'm cussing and I'm I'm doing this and that. I'm sleeping with such and such, and you know I'm doing this and that. But God ain't God's not blessing me. Ooh, y'all. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. That's an example. And then people wonder why I had to um remove myself from people, man, pastor. I had to remove myself from people because people will cause you that was not of God. People will cause you to sit there that are not of God and they will blame you. And they would have a sense of, hey, you know what? This person did this and that. Uh, She's the problem to my or he or she is the problem. Well, I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. And I'm just going to keep on blaming this person. And this person is sitting there and telling you the truth about what's going on. They're letting you know that, hey, come on, get out of this. Come on, let's do this. Let's do something different. God is keep telling you, let's do this or do that. Do you understand? The more you keep doing what you're doing and God is trying to tell you, come from out of that and be separated. Do you understand that God will sit there and he will not always strive with man? So he would pull himself away from you. He will stop having people to come and warn you. He will stop, you know, stop, you know, coming by to see about you. And I love how it says it in um, God's Not Dead too. And I don't know if you have seen that movie. It's an awesome movie. Please go and see it. But it was talking about the older woman that, you know, she had Alzheimer's and, you know, had a really rough life. And the um person, the character that's played by her, her son would sit there. Well, you know, how is it that you had a rough life? You have all of this stuff going on. You you have all of this and that going on. And, you know, um your whole entire being has been jacked up. But yet and still, you know, it. It becomes profound to me that, you know, I have all this money. I have this and this and this. And and she came out of her um, state. And you know, it was the Holy Spirit that was speaking um, through her. And as she was speaking, it resonated in my spirit because she said, you know what? Um, It's just like having someone in a prison. And this person is willfully in that prison cell. And they fully know they can go out of the prison anytime soon. And they can do this all they want. Walk around, you know, talk to the people that come in or what have you. But then one day, the prison sits there and the the door closes. And unbeknown to that person, it becomes too late. That's what sin is. We stay in it. We lavish in it. We think we have it all. We get the cars, the fame, the fortune. Until that door closes. And then the reality is, is that you have been locked into it. And I love how God presses that into me. Because I don't want my sin to be my identity. I don't want that for my children. I don't want that for myself. But my sin shouldn't be my identity. I shouldn't linger in that. I shouldn't want to stay in that presence. I shouldn't want to be in that because I know who God is now. I know that 
through the wisdom that I have obtained in this word that I should be sitting here and saying, you know what? Let me live better. Let me do better. Let me tell my children. Let me be able to start getting into my word. Let me be able to spend time with God, fasting, prayer, meditation, changing my whole entire perspective because I'm starting to learn and realize that God is a true and living God. And in that, now I know that I need to do better in my life. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. When she said that, and he looked at her, that it was profound. It was like when she said her her Alzheimer's, her struggles and everything else caused her to be prevalent, more present with God, caused her to have a relationship with God, caused her to be able to do more in her relationship with God. It just made it even the more, uh, more profound in that she knew she needed God more on a daily basis because of the struggle she had, because of all the different trials and tribulations. She was seeking God more. And God knew that with the thorn that was in her side caused her to seek God more, caused her to be in God's presence more. Now, I'm not going to tell you the end of it, but I want you to go and um, see the movie and um, you tell me what you think, because everybody has their opinions. But when I went in and I saw the movie and I and I and I read it for myself and I looked at some things and it just speaks more to me. And in that, I'm going to say this. Seek godly wisdom for everything, because with godly wisdom, God sits there and he gives you wisdom for to seek him to maintain a relationship with him. But also at the same time. It's to help you grow, mature, be steadfast in God and knowing who God is. Amen. And I'm going to say this. Thank you for listening. And if you like what you've heard thus far um, with this podcast, please follow and subscribe. You can find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbeam, Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, and Stitcher. iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Pie Chasers. And also other major platforms such as YouTube. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star ring that will help us reach more people. And if you have any questions, comments, you can find me on Facebook. It is written L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. Once again, it is L-A-T-O-N-Y-A-U-L-L-O-A. And I will say this, please, if you do not know God, and his son, you have time right now, immediately, because tomorrow is not promised to us. Not even a couple of hours is promised to us. So you have this time right now to repent. Ask God to come into your life. Clean me up, Lord. Ask to have his son to be received in your life. And this is the start. It's a good start. And I'm telling you, you try it all alcohol, cocaine, women, men, what have you. If you try it at all, try Jesus. Because I'm telling you, I have not changed my perspective. He is the best. Best, best, best. Hmm. He is the best. 
option that has been in my life. God has been in my life for a long time, and I'm grateful and thankful for that. And yes, I've I've gone away from God. And it's a bad, it is such a horrible thing to think about when you go away from God because God is starting to let you know what was going on. And now more than ever, people don't realize how much we as a nation have fallen away from God. And once we have fallen away from God, it gets easier and easier to not do what God says do. But when you start realizing like uh, the parable of the um, lost son that came home, you realize and you start waking up, you got that aha moment that God, I really do need you. I had to hurry up and come home. And I hope you feel that in your spirit. Amen. Please go to Romans 10, 9, 10, um, 9 through 13 uh, verses. Go and, and, and confess your sins. And God is faithful and just to forgive you. No matter what you've done, you you can go back to God. But please, please do it now and don't hesitate. Amen. And I want to say this also. Thank you so much for everything that y'all, the listeners and I have acquired to the ones that are new, to the ones that are old. I appreciate you so much to the ones that have been knowing me from from the beginning, I appreciate you for the ones that have just, you know, stumbled upon me. I'm thankful and grateful for everything. So please, once again, um, please go to my web, please go to my podcast and tell your friends, tell your family. If it has benefited you, spread the word. And also, like I said, you can reach me at unapologetic.org. And it's Latanya Ola, um, unapologetic. Um, at um, dot org and please like I said if you have any questions or comments send me an email even you know Uyola at hotmail.com and so that if you have any questions or if you have any anything that has bothered you you know and in regards to what God has said or you know what is going on and you need some insight, talk to God first. But also at the same exact time, reach out to me. I don't mind. My children don't mind. My husband doesn't mind um, being able to, you know, just give a word of encouragement, pray with you, or, you know, just to answer some questions that you may have. And we thank you. And it's Latanya Uyola at Hotmail.com. And we thank you and we praise your name for all that you have been able to do for us, God. Take care of all of us on today. You know, please, Lord, if we have sinned, please forgive us. Come into our heart, heal our heart and our mind and our soul. And let us go out doing what you say do from now on. Not what people say do, but what God says do. Amen. All right. Kanon samida. Anyong.